Hello, this is Coming to the Mat podcast from the Melanesian Women Today Impact Service Series. Told through the lens of everyday Pacific Island women, the Mad series seeks to break cultural barriers and invite listeners to hear of real human stories of making a difference. The stories you will hear from this series balance diverse interests and weave together the stories of courageous women who dedicate their lives to making a difference in their communities and country. Coming to the Mad series is a safe space for women in the Pacific to use their voices. It also explores the integral aspects of women's lives all across the South Pacific and gives the listeners a window into the many different issues women face through storytelling. Coming to the mat, I'm your host for today, Dr. Mere Tarisovic. As we celebrate the International Women's Day on the 8th of March of 2021, I am glad to be joined by three Pacifica women who are in their own rights, holders and protectors of indigenous knowledge of their own cultures as well as storytellers. I would like to recognize and highlight the work of these three amazing women scholars who have been quietly working in the background as researchers and writers in their own respective fields and their contribution to the field of knowledge as research academias as well as holders and protectors of indigenous knowledge. The stories that we bring to the front are in two folds. First, to showcase the work of Pacific Island women, both within the large Pacific Island diaspora around the world and within the Pacific, and secondly, to give a voice to the many issues that are not necessarily easily captured from a modern context but can only be truly appreciated and told through the lens of the different cultural contexts of, of each storytellers. For this three-part episode, we are going to head to the southwestern Pacific Ocean region, the, the Melanesian region of the South Pacific, to the Solomon Islands. My first guest is Ms. Ruth Mayetaler, an indigenous development researcher with a gender focus who also actively works with men in her life to be effective in planning, designing, and her, with, in her research implementation. Ms. Mayetaler is also the founder and CEO of Dignity Pacific, 
an indigenous-owned Solomon Island RAN research enterprise. With 23-plus years of research under her belt, her work also in research also includes natural resources, agriculture, and, and land in the Solomon Islands. Ruth began her work with women since 1982 as a registered clerk at the Ministry of Finance. She then went on to start her work in development work in conflict reconstruction and peace building and research work. She served as General Secretary for the National Council of Women in 2000 to 2003 and also served in the government as Assistant Director Women's Development Division in 2007. Later, she became the Director of Research and Policy Unit of the Ministry of Women and Youth and Children Affairs in 2009. In 2011, she became the first local Solomon Islander coordinator of the Australian supported Solomon Islands NGO Partnership Agreement, SNAP, project, project which focuses on community development throughout the country. She's an expert in gender and development in the Pacific region, and in the last three years, she has served in improving situation of women in the private sector, the way she successfully coordinated the IFC SICCI gender program in the Solomon Islands. Ruth has a bachelor's degree in women's study and social anthropology from Massey University and a diploma in Christian education from Texas Bible College in Lufkin, Texas. She was a recipient of the World Council of Women Award to undertake studies in economic reform and leadership at Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University in the United States of America. Ruth is married with five children and one granddaughter. I spoke with her from her office in the capital of the Solomon Islands in Honiara. So welcome to Coming to the Mat. Thank you so much for coming to the mat uh, to do this little um, story on and talk about what you're doing in the Solomon Islands and a little bit about your organization and who you are really and as a researcher in the field of uh, um, gender women's work and uh, as well as um, natural resources, agriculture and land in the Solomon Islands and maybe uh, you know more to that that we'll be able to talk about in our discussion. So welcome. Um, so in, uh, if you could just give a brief introduction to our audience, a little bit about you and your background. All right. Thank, uh, thank you, Mary. Um, my name is uh, Ruth Maithala, and I come from Solomon Islands. I'm a native um, from Malaita province in the Solomon Islands. And um, currently I am uh, the co-founder director for Dignity Pacific, which is um, a small uh, research uh, firm that is based in the Solomon Islands. Mm. How many years have you been working as a research um, person? Uh, 
uh, I've been working as a, a local researcher for more than I would say now it would be about 25 years. Mm. Yeah, and um, yes, and um, it's it's really interesting um, how I've grown in a wisdom and approach um, doing research in the islands. Mm-hmm. I, I am learning to listen more and to appreciate our people and our methodologies mm-hmm. and the way of thinking that our people are, are thinking in in op, in opposition uh, opposed to the um, Western academic um, what the Western academic literatures are putting out there. Mm-hmm. So yes, so Mary, I'm excited that. Um, you know, I've learned to come down to that level from mm. all these sort of, um, I would say that I have been colonized to think otherwise. Right, right. So basically you're saying that you were in the process of decolonizing, yeah, which we are all are. <laughs> the the famous word yeah. that uh, um, it's been thrown around a lot is the word of decolonizing our mind. Our mind. So in your 23 plus years in research, um, in development, mm-hmm. um, the word development, um, work in the Solomon Islands, where you're from, um, how has your approach in, on, in experience, and especially in your uh, research, has a, I would say that a lot of your research would have to do around with qualitative uh, research, because um, maybe that's probably what you've been collecting a lot of the data and um, finalizing your research and um, understanding the lived experiences of people and what, you know, why certain things happen the way it is. Um, how has that changed, as you have said a little bit, in your relationship with um, what you would call your view in the Western way of collecting data research and the people that you work with? In what way has that changed? Oh, uh, um, Mary, I must say that in the last, um, you know, just 18 months, I have changed a lot to, you know, really believe in our people. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the examples I can give you just, you know, on top of my head is, uh, for example, you know how we, I mean, how um, academics come into the country and they choose to do focus group discussions okay. now when they go to the communities um, you know they use paper charts or, or whatever and um, put down questions like just direct questions and then they ask people to answer those, those questions and then uh, facilitate you know a discussion after the questions mm-hmm. but what we have come to adopt in our our approach is to use talk story instead. Mm. Um, so it's a normal focus group discussions where you go in and you ask the question. And then, so for us, we've learned to explore, you know, the, the images that form the, the people, I mean, the people's culture, the people's histories. And, and, you know, we collect those images and we take it back to the people and we show them um, okay, so what does this basket mean to you when you see it, like 
what what immediately comes to your mind and then they would like jump into talking about roles of of women and you know what the women do and um mm-hmm. for example i showed a basket to uh, a group of chiefs mm-hmm. and then one of them immediately said i can remember my mother's hands mm-hmm. that is cool and and that's what's driving us and making us you know want to learn more about our people our own people mm. and we get the stories to come out as they should be mm. like mm. if i would have asked for just for what do women do what do men do in the community right. they would you know they might be out talking about the gardens or mm. fishing or and and this has repeatedly appeared in the academia it's you know repeatedly seen as the only or the boundaries for gender roles in solomon islands and maybe in the pacific mm-hmm. and so the approach that we're taking now is based on our culture and our you know our indigenous thinking and you know we're finding out about our own people and what you know how do we question them what works for them another example i can give is um say for example i was going to ask a group of chiefs in one province that is not my own province mm-hmm. so i am going as an outsider mm-hmm. and then i'm going in as a woman mm-hmm. because um in in the in in the traditional um custom mm-hmm. like Oh, I'm not allowed to sit in with the chiefs to talk about you know certain things, certain knowledge and and stuff like that. So mm. when I come, so I needed some authority to go in. Right. So yeah, so in in accessing that authority, I go back to my elders mm. and then ask them how should I communicate with the chiefs. Mm. And so that the question really helps me to. strengthen my methodology like mm-hmm. so when i go i don't stand up hovering over the chiefs mm-hmm. i sit down with them mm-hmm. and i talk to them equally like just um you know having a conversation with them instead of uh facilitating the you know other style mm-hmm. of facilitating mm-hmm. which i've been taught to do so mm-hmm. you facilitate and you move around and you you know you 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 hover over people and you look down you know when the people are writing and mm-hmm. stuff but with with um this this approach mm-hmm. i have learned to to use different methods for different uh group of people so if i'm facilitating with the chiefs mm-hmm. i have to sit down and then look you know look look across to them just mm-hmm. around the table so it wouldn't be much of a focus group discussion but it right. will be guided by some rules and some you know some significant um images that would would um generate the kind of um discussions and richness which mm. we are looking for yeah and that that's the the way that we've changed our approaches to research mm. uh, having you know to to lead an organization that believes in that that sort of work right so you would, the way that i'm listening you to describing this you've changed the way that you see data it becomes more that data becomes it becomes more of a story um instead of and instead of just going in in the sense of facilitating 
you go in as a storyteller, you going in as a, as a listener that is here to listen to to their story, and at the same time using what's authentic to them, right? Like you're talking about objects. In most cases, you know, the baskets, the patterns on the baskets, or the story behind those objects, which almost is like the central point of the discussion that starts off. And then using your methodologies, the ones that are appropriate to their wherever you go in their their culture obviously you're doing your homework first so that's really completely i would say an upside down of how in the modern research you go in as this as the person who is the person in charge of trying to collect the data well this time it's the other way around um you're exactly. you're on an equal pace so that the story still stays with them because they own it, the data, if you like. And you, you're there to observe it, you're there to share it, and then you're there to also celebrate those um, stories with them and, and at the same time taking from what you're sharing and they're sharing with you um, in a way that you come out from there and you both have equal share or maybe perhaps they still have and they own they own those data still so that is an amazing um, amazing way to do that is there a name for that is there is there an indigenous name in your in your culture of that approach the methodology um, that, that's uh, interesting, Mary. This is this is a uh, um, work in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I have uh, I am looking for you know appropriate names to certain things and to you know related to certain uh, provinces. Mm-hmm. At first, when I first um, started using this uh, approach, um, you know there are certain um, chief. Um, you know, high chiefs or chiefs, mm. or there there are certain areas, uh, levels of the structure of, uh, say, traditional governance that mm. I have passed as mm-hmm. a woman, mm-hmm. and 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 especially across in cultures. Like, mm-hmm. um, I come from Malaysia, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know very much patrilineal, and there are some areas in knowledge and of the land and of, you know, natural resources and maybe of the tribe that, mm. you know, protected. In some ways protected and in other ways, you know, doesn't allow women to to be custodians mm. of that knowledge. Mm. And so I have learned to, to work within the, you know, maybe the approved structure or the norm mm. of national governance. So... Mm. Uh, one example I can give you is, so I am a Guayla woman from my matrilineal lineage, mm-hmm. which I claim my identity as much as my Kwasai tribe in my patrilineal side. Mm-hmm. So I grew up uh, closest to my Guayla tribe. Mm-hmm. So I have learned, you know, a lot of about the language and culture. And because they are from a small island, I learn a lot about the ocean and their their emotions, you know, uh, and their connections and their links to the ocean and the reefs mm-hmm. and the activities that they do for their livelihoods. Mm-hmm. So it's around the ocean and the saltwater people inspired me 
to be part of them. Mm. And so learning them and claiming my roots, you know, to them has has had an impact on my life since my uh, growing up mm. years. You know, mom used to take us back to the island and then, uh, you know, introduced us to fishing and diving and all those different things that we did, mm. collecting shells, mm. reefs and bringing them back and, you know, join in the, you know, clams, uh, cooking and the group cooking and group, you know, motto and all these different activities. Right. Now, that is quite different for my inland tribe. Right. So my inland tribe is more of a closed um, setting, which mm. the men are, you know, forefront all the land knowledge and the tribal knowledge. And, you know, they they are the one that, you know, dominate that sort of space. Right. But once it comes to my work, I um, learn to communicate to these people because they are the ones that, um, you know, culture and tradition has, has um, you know, deemed uh, important and, and valued uh, for who they are. Hmm. And so, so, so what I have learned to do is, you know, go back to the the elders and bounce back ideas Mm -hmm. um, and ask them, you know, whether it's okay for me as a woman to talk about this, whether it's okay for me to, you know, discuss this in certain ways or would they, you know, would they be um, giving me, you know, feedback that that is otherwise to what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So that's the... um, that process, like it's a consultative process that mm. I've also learned to use in other provinces. Mm. And so, yeah, and so it opened up a space that I have not um, explored before. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, uh, in the Solomons, we have both Melanesian, Micronesian, and Polynesian ethnic um, mm. backgrounds and right. multicultural uh, island-based groupings. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> Uh, this this approach has helped me to to have um, a smooth entry into other cultures. Like nice. for example, recently I've been um, you know privileged to sit down with um, chiefs uh, that from from uh, Polynesian uh, areas. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, at first I was addressed as um, you know an outsider. Mm. And then a walk, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. So I have I have been seen that way, mm-hmm. and so I received uh, comments um, describing me as a black woman. Mm-hmm. I have received comments as you know who gave you who gave you credentials to mm-hmm. be part of this condition. Mm-hmm. And so if I wasn't you know mature enough to to handle those. Um, situations right. I yeah I would have been like offended right. and I would okay so what is this for I, I'll just you know get out of it and then that's it mm-hmm. but then to go back to Dr. Kabini Sanga um, who writes a lot about uh, top story in the Solomon Islands mm-hmm. as a Melanesian right. and so I went to him and had a two-hour conversation with him mm-hmm. just to gain his authority because 
in terms of tribe and clan and lineage, mm-hmm. he is my my brother's uh, my mom mom's youngest brother my my mom's younger brother, mm-hmm. and he's also an academic mm-hmm. uh, working at uh, Victoria University in New Zealand, and so I went back to him. We had this long Zoom conversation, mm-hmm. and he says to me, "Don't use a language term." Use a pigeon term to mm. go in, and you have a shield, okay. so that you are accepted. Yeah. And that's the kind of advice that mm. you know I am. I am always um, looking out for, and always you know supporting the work mm. that I'm doing. So that has changed a lot of the work that I'm doing, uh, Mary. And it's it's really interesting and really uh, emotional at times because. Mm. After two meetings with the same group of chiefs, mm. you know, some of them came out um, emotional mm-hmm. and just thanking me for, you know, listening to them mm-hmm. and being able to have a conversation with them mm-hmm. and being able to to allow, you know, maybe two tribes who were enemies during the tension days mm-hmm. to actually sit together and in one room. And actually mm. having a conversation, looking at each other, mm. and so those those other things that um, sort of satisfy the work that I'm doing at the moment. Because mm. uh, I am not that young naive researcher mm. uh, who went, you know, maybe in the early 2000s, right after the tension mm. and going in and talking about nickel mining and talking about fisheries and mm. and land, you know, thinking that, okay, uh, the women of Isabel, you know, they're in matrilineal um, Lantania, but they are excluded and mm-hmm. they are this and they are this. Mm. It has changed from that sort of approach to, okay, how do you understand, you know, the place of women Right. in your society or in your city, yeah. Right. And so my kind of questioning has also changed mm-hmm. from the way that I've questioned people before. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that this, in in the in the approach and the way that uh, we're doing research now is like, it's, it's respecting the people of the land. Right. It's respecting, you know, the, the ears of the trees and, you know, the, you know, the connections and mm-hmm. the linkages that the women have with the forest mm-hmm. and uh, the reefs and, you know, just, you know, the respect for our our land, our God-given, you know, right. land and this, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the kind of um, approach that uh, we are currently taking at the moment. Wow, that is very fascinating. I'm sitting here listening to, you know, I, it, it just feels like it's such a complex um, navigating um, route for you to take but at the same time it's such a learning experience and you know we're blessed to um, be both of us from uh, the region of Melanesia and it's obviously one of the most richest region in the Pacific um, very complex um, we're the only region that um, hosts you know all three regions Micronesia, Melanesia and Polynesia so navigating and like the example that you're talking about I had a discussion with um, Dr. Kirk Huffman, who is an anthropologist, and he did most of his studies in Vanuatu, but also in other different parts of the world of indigenous um, groups. And he said, 
you know, the term Melanesia and Polynesian and Micronesia, they do come in handy when you're trying to, when you, yeah, when it comes to complexities. And I, I thought about that. And you have just answered exactly that statement that he made because I thought about it for a long time. And I'm thinking because we were talking about identity and I thought, mm. How, um, not strange, but we were talking about how do we identify ourselves as Indigenous people of the South Pacific using different terms like Pacifica, Pacific Ocean people, um, you know, uh, Melanesians, uh, Polynesians, Micronesians. And he said, those terms may be very old, but they do come in handy. They do come in handy in a lot of ways. And you have just answered perfectly that description what your your uncle had um in instructed you to do and yes um mary while you're talking i just um you know i had a another one of the experiences mm-hmm. because like i have been given this assignment right to to study the traditional governance structures of whole of solomon islands mm-hmm. and to make recommendation to the government to pass the traditional governance bill. Mm-hmm. And this bill was, um, was supposed to to find a place in tradition. We'll get we'll get married to um, we'll get married to state law. Mm-hmm. And so so here I am thrown in as a woman to do this assignment mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be an anthropological assignment, oh. uh, an anthropological study of these uh, customs and traditions. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first challenge that I came across was a question put to me by, you know, a chief. Mm-hmm. And he said, maybe don't, don't ask us who has the right to land or who has the right to distribute land. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can can ask our people how do they understand you know the right to land, the right to speak, the right to use the land versus the right to own the land. Mm. So there are different areas mm, of of um, of talking about land tenure that right. that like in the understanding of the communities and the understanding of the chiefs, uh-huh. the elders. Mm-hmm. It matters how we ask the question. It so, really does. Yes, so so it has really changed, you know, how I do research mm. and how I hold stations with different parts of the community. Like, um, it has been, it has been a long, um, winded road because um, early or late in nineteen, I think it was nineteen eighty seven, mm. and I was still in high school. Mm. I got prize for you know first in English, and I was presented Epeli Haofa's uh, first book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Epeli Haofa is a Pacific author from Tonga, right, and right. he yeah he wrote poems on the ocean mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. Pacific um, migration and stuff. And that was my first ever like um, opportunity to have a. No different look, but then along the way, I sort of forgot about who I was. Right. And then, you know, in the past, past you know, past um, maybe past year and a half, mm. um, I just back to the roots and mm. started doing things the way that 
yeah so it's it's kind of an interesting journey but it's yeah. all part of decolonizing the mind absolutely yeah. and it, it does you know what the one thing that uh, i find in my discussions um interview with other pacific uh, women and one thing that they've they've brought up that you just mentioned right now is um before you could move into a space of discovering or starting something you really have to uh dig deep into your roots um because that's when you finding yourself defining who you are makes you it's easier to move in your circles really really does help to move in your circles so I think yes yeah. I think you're right mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you're right Mary mm-hmm. um I think that's my experience mm-hmm. I have I have been like a lost child mm-hmm. just wandering and you know learning from you know other other um maybe other knowledge uh givers mm-hmm. but maybe I didn't have the foundation that I was supposed to have mm-hmm. um because because growing up i mean i think it would be the same for a lot of solomon islanders and maybe other pacific islanders that um you know growing up you are you are taught to to go to school and learn you know how to speak english how to write english of of france mm-hmm. uh, french sorry french and you know other languages of the colonial colonial governments mm-hmm. but we don't actually have an infrastructure that encourages traditional learning mm. and so these are these are absent uh from our communities like for example in Vanuatu you have the Nakamal mm-hmm. where you have you know chief's houses and in Solomons we have community halls and we have you know uh places that chiefs going um can attend meetings like inland or mm-hmm. somewhere where it's like all secluded from the main community oh. and so we are not allowed to hear mm-hmm. um all the knowledge that you know the men are passing to the other younger men mm-hmm. for the next generation so the whole community is it's outside of that space Oh. And yeah, and so for Solomon Islands, um, you know, as a woman, I I find it a little bit challenging when right. when I started to land and natural resources and and fisheries and all these different things, you know, mm-hmm. you know resources that are attached to the land. Right, right. And and because it's attached to the land, mm-hmm. I cannot avoid about Latania. And so I cannot avoid talking about tradition right. and I cannot avoid talking about custom practices mm. that mm. you know other norms for community so right. so that's how yeah so that's how it is here in Solomons okay. and I think one of the main um I mean one of the findings that I find over the years is the the ability of women to to um the ability of women to be clan educators and teachers of the cultural Mm. ontologies and apologies of the the clan or the mm. tribe. Mm. So like you have uh, previously said it is our story. Right. And we need to tell the story as we are. And so this is this is a very I mean it has freed me in many ways. Right. Um that sort of approach and yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah so I, I'm always um 
also inspired by the role of women in uh, natural resources, including, you know, their daily efforts to harvest and mm-hmm. work the land to ensure mm-hmm. their families eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it has really helped me to, you know, look at how men and women share their roles in land and the use of natural resources. So mm-hmm. um, if, yeah, if they have... Uh, sustainable um, land management practices mm. or even sustainable practices to food security and harvesting of their own food and their resources right. and so yeah so it's it's um someone approached me yesterday and said is this a new new thing <laughs> and uh, yes and i just I responded and said, this has been, been successful around forever, forever. Yes. <laughs> for millennials. Yeah. It's yeah. us who went away. Yes. And yes. it is us, mm. yeah. Mm. We have the response. Yeah. So, so what has inspired you to revitalize your own sense of um, indigenuity? In your current work, I mean, I know you've touched a little bit of that as a researcher in the field that you continue to work. Like, what? Give me one, perhaps one thing that made you uh, just it's it spiked that um, in that interest to turn yourself back to your indigeneity. Oh, yeah. Okay, Mary. This this is this this will. Um, I think I will I will share something, but I will go the long route. <laughs> I was I, I I now really believe that I was colonized as a child growing up, thinking okay. that I had to to be someone like you know the Westerners mm-hmm. to be in par with them and to them. You know, serving at the bar, serving at the restaurant. Mm, uh, so mm. my parents own a lodge in Ireland. Right. And so they were the first local owners of the lodge. Mm-hmm. And so as kids, we up, you know, you know, uh, doing breakfast for the, uh, you know, our guests who right. are mainly um, fats and uh, maybe doctors who are visiting or mm. maybe the army who came, you know, worked on the road. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up in that environment. So I wanted to be like them. I wanted to speak like them. I wanted to do things. And so it kind of like dissatisfying when I can't think like them, I can't write like them, and uh, I can't be as academic as them. So you basically yeah, hold so yourself up, to their standard the whole time, yeah, trying to. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Trying to be trying mm-hmm. to be that person that I was. Uh, mm-hmm. So I grew up in that environment. So I grew up in business. I grew up in, you know, work. And I grew up in, you know, schooling and stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was young, about eight, and I was already serving at the bar. Mm. So I, I grew up in that that environment, and my mother was a Sunday school teacher. So growing up, I was inspired to love this God and to be a Christian. Right. right. And I, I grew up. I grew up basically removed from my tribal roots. Mm-hmm. So there was already a gap for me mm-hmm. uh, when I grew up. And so when I thought about it, it seems that I started on the Christian foundations and principles, right. which 
it not make sense to me later in life, mm-hmm. in my own society, mm-hmm. as as religion has divided my whole family. Oh, yeah. You know, sending yeah. us various religious umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that we were born into a tribe was dis- deconstructed by, by religion. Right. So mm-hmm. once... Once a year, like you know how it is in the islands, mm-hmm. every Christmas we go home to see our parents, and mm-hmm. so we do that once a year, and we go home, you know, on Christmas. And the daunting thing is that we are blood relatives, mm-hmm. but we have conflicting religious beliefs yeah. and worldviews on religion. Mm. Yeah. So, so our thoughts and our views are based on which religious which version of Christianity we chose to be under, you know? So it is disheartening to know that in a family there would be evangelicals, Mm -hmm. Pentecostals, Mm -hmm. Catholics, Mm -hmm. Anglicans, non-church goers, Mm -hmm. tribal alphas, we call them, or Wane Inutos, Mm -hmm. others. So we were not one in that sense. But the interesting fact is our only unifying factor is our tribal connection yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah in the late 80s mm-hmm. uh like i've previously said i was presented with this book mm-hmm. uh by a mm-hmm. and it started me searching for an identity as a solomon islander but right. more so as a perfect actor. so from growing up in that christian setting i started to look outside mm-hmm. but my search stopped short until you know later in the 90s when i came across the work of uh, Haunani Trust mm-hmm. uh, was a native uh, Hawaiian who wrote, uh, I think her book was on um, writing as a native daughter of Hawaii. Right. So she was telling her story as a, a native of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And so I read some of her work and then came across her in a conference in Hawaii mm. uh, later, later in the um, 2000s when I was already working mm-hmm. but um, so she's uh, uh, writing as a native daughter of Hawaii mm-hmm. but still like, the vision for indigeneity was not really clear right. and then later later in uh, um, later in 1997 I came in contact with Teresia Teaiwa mm-hmm. who was my teacher at the University of the South Pacific mm-hmm. then and uh, so I was drawn to her poetry on decolonizing militarization mm. and her work was an inspiration, but this didn't help me find myself right. as a tribal woman. So it was kind of like a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't lately when I went back to visit, you know, specific interventions with my, my male tribal contacts mm-hmm. and, you know, my own relatives. Mm-hmm. And then I had to do my tribal roots by studying the work of Dr. Kabini Sanga, which I mm-hmm. uh, mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and his work mainly on um, talk story, okay. methodology of storying, and mm-hmm. keep on storing, educating. Mm-hmm. And so, um, deeply uh, taught me about my my roots, mm-hmm. but as well as to. So he uses a lot of um, our like our tribal language, which is Gula Allah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and for Gula, so he uses a lot of the the wisdom from the tribe, and mm-hmm. then shares that in 
like um, explains that in terms of education leadership, mm-hmm. you know, how to discuss, how to do stories mm-hmm. and, and, and sort of the methodologies that he applies. Right. Equating that to Talanoa, you know, in Fiji, mm-hmm. and in Fiji, yeah. I started to to take an interest in in that um, curve of mm-hmm. learning in my learning. Right. But then, you know, over the years, I have I have you know kept all his emails because I don't know maybe just because he is my uncle, but then right. also he's an academic, which right. I'm interested you know, mm-hmm. learn from, mm-hmm. and so for several. I saw myself as an advocate for clan education because mm-hmm. he birthed that into you know me mm-hmm. and into my mm-hmm. my other cousins and siblings mm-hmm. and and I started growing from there but I didn't have that you know confidence to mm-hmm. to just to to understand you know my own people right. by learning from my you know elders and Mm. And my auntie Miriam, mm. uh, who is very informative, and right. she schooled me in the language and the tribal knowledge. But in terms of decolonizing, my thinking was far from reality. Mm. But then, then came Dr. Mary Sovey <laughs> from Melanie, who actually crossed paths with me and sort of supported, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like challenging me oh. actually challenging me to to go deeper into that space mm. and and that was it for me so it was about you know a year ago that um it's like it's like it's like coming back home to the mat mm. where i can put my legs just you know fold my legs right. and talk story That's yeah right. so once once i came to this realization mary I stopped fighting for equality between the sexes, or rather between the better and the worse, Mm. the haves and the have. I was totally convinced, you know, that our approach to development has to be changed. And our whole Mm. approach to doing, uh, Mm. our our whole approach to doing business Mm -hmm. or doing organizational stuff has Mm. to consider and incorporate what works for us as Solomon Islanders. Absolutely. And as Pacific yeah. Yeah. So it, it, oh, it affected me. It affected me so contagiously that, <laughs> you know, I had. It's all yeah, my fault. This, <laughs> <laughs> this is the reality I'm telling you. And um, yes, and we got to that point mm. of, you know, realization and actually, you know, Mm. You are free. You are decolonized, you know, in the mind. And, mm. you know, there's no other way to turn. I mean, to go back. Right. Uh, it's like cementing right price, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah. Agreeing to do an exchange and, yes. and, and sink mm-hmm. our women in land and natural resources. Yes. It's like buttering fish and taro for land and yes. sea people. Yes. It's like a win situation, you know, uh-huh. when two tribes are fighting and they agree and, you know, the the, the perpetrating tribe mm. takes a child and give it over to the mm. next tribe mm. and say this is this this is it we have reached peace you know yes yes and so it's it's like we are safe to explore the opportunities that you know exist within our culture mm-hmm. and this mm. is a long forgotten yeah and to use as, as women of the tribe. Right. Who can be trusted with backup of information and identity mm. and ownership and all? Mm. 
Yeah. And the rest is history. <laughs> well, I'm really get, glad that I can be a part of that um, <laughs> paradigm shift, you know. And for me, the same with me, you know, I'm constantly learning from you. I'm constantly learning from other women that I talk to. And I guess for me, it's um, being out here. Um, you constantly challenge your ideas are challenge and I th- you know often times I had to kind of have to sit quiet and ask myself you know am I fighting <laughs> you know who am I fighting against um exactly yeah yeah and it's harder for me out out this part of the world you know I'm here sitting by myself <laughs> <laughs> change their their terms of reference you know to Mm -hmm. accommodate our approach yes they're Mm -hmm. full of donors that Mm -hmm. you know won't really but then they come back looking for us yes and they said okay Mm -hmm. we are up to you know negotiating Mm -hmm. and discussing Mm -hmm. and this is where our donors okay we can sign a teaming agreement that right. allows you to trade as a team. Right. And this is exactly because after all the years of doing development on their terms, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you now can do development on our terms too. Yes. So it's exciting yeah. to explore indigenous methods of doing research. Mm-hmm. And this is our path. Mm-hmm. This is where our sisters, you know, they are happy with us and yeah. open yeah. that we haven't seen before. Yes. This is where... This is where Dignity Pacific um, has greatly, you know, benefited and blessed from um, our, our interaction with various uh, indigenous leaders and the brief interventions, you know, in the past um, as a person growing up in the Solomons. But now more so, um, you know, I've realized that with all these journeys and with all these struggles and with all these you know, colonize, colonizing of the mind and mm-hmm. uh, realizations, you know, this deconstruction of who we are. Right. We have come to a, a point that we can actually say, I am a Solomon Islander woman Amen. and I am, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and am confident mm-hmm. in that identity as a Solomon Islander woman. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, that's the whole journey. Mm. Well, I'm 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 absolutely um, enthralled in, in with your, you know the story. You've come full circle, and I think we all have, um, as researchers. You know, it's almost like we're researching ourselves. <laughs> we're researching ourselves within ourselves. <laughs> so, um, what would you um, say to any young research uh, women out there, since it's uh, International Women's um, Day. Um, what is one thing that you would like to tell them? Uh, you've just mentioned that, you know, uh, especially in, in the Pacific or in the Solomon, um, in Vanuatu, what is the one thing that before they launch out um, to do what they're uh, called to do or to do what they're passionate about, um, what is the one thing that they should probably stand back and and, and, and do before they step out? Find themselves first. Find themselves first. Mm-hmm. 
and you know know their their audience know them in mm-hmm. uh you know what is their mana what what you know what what is their foundation mm-hmm. and in that way when you get to you know a society or a group of people um you are you are already learned like you you have that um you are equipped to mm-hmm. to to listen mm-hmm. you are equipped to to form your questions mm-hmm. um there are some questions that you know have been asked in the past that are direct and have been received as an insult mm-hmm. so find out find out everything you can and especially you know if you are a young woman um have the authority of an experienced woman mm-hmm. or even have the authority of your male um clan leader or you know someone mm-hmm. that you bounce back your ideas with and then strengthen your your focus and your methodology mm-hmm. and so that's the way that i feel that uh young researchers especially for us women in the pacific mm-hmm. whether it's in new guinea or vanuatu mm-hmm. or even the other pacific islands i think this is this is where it should be mm-hmm. uh, going and how should be because out there you have such a rich um, pacific islands mm-hmm. full of you know resources and information right and in order for us to get information from our our people we we are not intending to manipulate the process mm-hmm. and the gathering of information mm-hmm. but we are also there to protect our people and their their information that they have willingly shared with us so mm-hmm. in yeah in respect of our people mm-hmm. uh, it is good that we understand you know how our people are thinking how they are asking questions how they will respond the level that they will be responding mm. so it it should us to ask the right questions i think i think that's first and foremost understand the people that you are going into mm. to do the, the research with mm. yeah mm. well thank you thank you thank you tomas for a wonderful story and um i really appreciate your time I know that uh, this information our our story today will um impact a lot of young researchers um particularly young women researchers in the field of gender um whether it's gender whether it's natural resources land uh not just in Melanesia but uh, around the Pacific so I want to really thank you for taking the time to speak to me from the Solomon Islands this morning thank you Ruth Thank you Mary
This podcast is created and produced by Melanesian Women Today, a non-profit organization. Please visit our website at www.melanesianwomentoday.org. That is all one word. Melanesian Women Today envisions a Pacific region where every woman, girl, and child in their respective communities in Melanesia lives a productive, healthy, and fulfilling life. We are on a mission to improve the well-being and quality of lives and also to promote and improve leadership in women and girls in their communities. Please consider making a donation today on our website to support our work. Thank you for your support.